0: Good morning, Oikos. It's been a while since I've, I've been here uh, preaching, so I'm thankful for this opportunity to get back and uh, to be in front of you guys and to, to give a message. And so I'm thankful that we are here this morning, and I'm thankful that we get this opportunity to worship our God. And so let's begin in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for today, and we thank you for this time to, uh, to be in front of you, that you as a God... Um, invite us to worship you, and that you, as our God, say it's a good thing, and that you've created a, a time and a space for us as a family to get together, to proclaim who you are and what you do in our lives, and so remind us today of who you are as our God, and also we ask your name, Father, Amen. So we are in. We last week we did First John, and this week we're in Second and Third John, and then we'll be Jude. Revelation, and then we're actually Revelation, and then we'll be finishing up uh, the, old, the New Testament. And so it's kind of moving along, and I can't believe it's already in November, almost Thanksgiving. And, uh, and so we're kind of speeding through this thing. And so in Second and Third John, kind of the background of, of what John is writing to the church is he's reminding the people of a small little church, house church probably, of what it is to be a church. And he's reminding the people there, let's get back to where we started. Let's get back to what Jesus started when he died. What Peter and the other apostles have done to start this church thing. And so for us this week, how many of you feel like you need to restart this week? Anyone out there? Everybody? <laughs> I saw some of you didn't raise your hands, but that's okay. That's okay. So yeah, I am like you guys too. I need a restart. That I just need a breath of fresh air, especially now that we're approaching uh, Thanksgiving. And then of course, after that, it's Christmas time. And actually the, the shopping center near Rachel and I's apartment, they put out Christmas stuff in October bef- before Halloween. So they're kind of really ramping this stuff up. So just a restart, a reset. And that's what John is writing to the small little church. Uh he's just writing, hey guys, let's let's refocus. Because I don't know about you guys, but I have a, a focus issue. And I don't know if you've even noticed that with me, but it's hard for me to sit still. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a an invitation from the Lord today to refocus and to recenter on him. And so we'll jump in into the uh the, the second John here. And this letter is from John the Elder. I'm writing to the chosen lady and to her children whom I love in the truth, as does everyone else who knows the truth, because the truth lives in us and we will be and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy and peace, which comes from our God and Father, and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father will continue to be with us who live in the truth and love. So grace, mercy, and peace to you from our God and Father. And so this is what John is reminding the church of. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our God. It's a call back to Jesus. It's a call back to his grace. Because who needs grace in this room? I mean, you can think on you probably this morning, you need some grace. Maybe some grace with your children as you're getting ready to bring them to worship. Or maybe some grace with your husband as he's trying to sleep in, or your wife as they're trying to sleep in. Or maybe some grace for your sports team as they are kind of struggling to get things done. Sorry, Texans. But we all need some grace. Some grace maybe we spent money where we shouldn't have this week. Or we said something to a coworker or a boss that we shouldn't have. Or we got angry at a bad driver. We got angry at a friend. We neglected a loved one. We can go down the list of things that we need grace on. And so in this letter, John is inviting the church to remember that it all starts with Jesus and his grace. That it all starts with Jesus and his grace. And that Jesus is inviting in this text, inviting us to take everything and give it to him. And to remember that he's inviting us into right standing with him. That's what grace is. We we come in today with a long list of things. And Jesus is saying, hey, I will take that for you. You don't have to carry that burden anymore. You don't need to be grabbing things that weigh you down. But I took those on the cross for each and every one of you. So to restart, Jesus is calling us to be in right standing with him. And with that calls us to believe that through his death and resurrection that we have right standing with him. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. That he's calling us to believe in what he's done. Because I know in here we're probably our harshest critics. I know I'm really hard on myself. And I need some grace. I need to give grace to myself because my Lord has given me grace. And same with you guys. Give yourself some grace. Because Jesus has given you grace. Give yourself grace when you mess up. Because Jesus has given you another chance. He's not holding your sin accountable to you. So you don't have to hold your sin accountable to yourself. So restart. Rethink of how Jesus is interacting with you. And believe that through his death and resurrection, we are in right standing with him. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you. So we, we talk about grace a lot in this church, and we talk about grace a lot, period, which is a good thing. It's a great thing. And we also talk a little bit about how, what grace does in our lives. But we also have mercy from our God. And mercy is a characteristic of God our Father. He's a merciful God, meaning he is not giving us punishment when we deserve it. So not only is he inviting us into right standing with him, but he's also withholding punishment from us. That He is a God that's withholding what we rightly deserve. And so He is a, it's part of who God is as a merciful God. Is we can look at our lives and, and we can see that we've messed up quite a bit. And instead of giving us what we deserve, He's invited us into right standing and says, I'm going to give you not the punishment that you deserve. I'm going to give you everlasting life. I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to give you an invitation to live eternally with me. And so grace, mercy and peace be to you. And that produces joy in our life. If we know who we are and we know where we're going. It produces joy, produces confidence. Paul talks a lot about be assured in the gospel. Know that it is true. Believe in it. Because the circumstances outside our life will tell us, don't believe in it. It's not good enough. Or you need to add something to it. Grace plus, that's David's great, great saying, grace plus whatever I want to add equals salvation. No, Jesus, through his death and resurrection, has given us eternal life. And so we can have the joy knowing that when we go throughout our day, when something hits, crap hits the fan and we don't know where to turn, that when our lives are falling apart, when we think our circumstances are too great to even move forward or too great to even believe, when all those things pile up, Jesus says, It's just me. That stuff's not going to, that stuff's not going to define who you are. that produces joy because we know who we are and we know where we're going. And so John is inviting the church to believe that. Believe that. And once you believe that, then you start seeing things differently. So we'll jump in at verse 4 here. How happy I was to meet some of your children and to find them living according to the truth, just as a father commanded. I'm writing to remind you, dear friends, that we should love one another. This is not a new commandment, but one we have had from the beginning. Love means doing what God commanded us, and he has commanded us to love one another, just as you heard from the beginning. I say this because many deceivers have gone out into the world, they deny that Jesus Christ came in a real body. Such a person is a deceiver and an antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you receive full, your full reward. Anyone who wanders away from his teaching has no relationship with God. But anyone who remains in the teaching of Christ has a relationship with both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to your meeting and does not teach, about, teach the truth about Christ, don't invite that person into your home or give any kind of encouragement. Anyone who encourages such people will become a partner in their evil work. I have much more to say to you, but I don't want to do it in, with paper and ink. For I hope to visit you soon and talk with you face to face. Then our joy will be complete. Greetings from the children of your sister, Chosen by God. So John is saying, love people. Love people. How many of you have had a hard time doing that this week? (laughs) Loving people. Because that is frustrating sometimes. Because what does love say? When your friend or your wife, husband messes up, love says you have to forget that and remember the relationship. And that's always hard. Always. So Rachel and I, um, we, we do this thing where on Saturdays now we've been trying to like watch TV all day. I think they call it binge watching. We're trying it. And we don't always agree on what show to watch. And so um, not yesterday, but the Saturday before, we were binge watching and she started watching this show. Um, I don't know the name of it, but it's, it has Kelly Kapoor from, from The Office in it. Can I, can I get some help on that one? Does anybody know what that one is? What? The Mindy Show. Yes, that's what it is. The Mindy Project. Yes. And, and the, the, the goal of the show is for the, the main character to find somebody to marry. Find somebody that I can live the rest of my life with. And actually, she's married already, but she's still looking to find who she can marry. And and so in my mind, I think that's silly. I, actually, I think that's stupid. And, and so she, so I tell Rachel, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if this show is really all that great. And she looks at me with a Rachel look. <laughs> and... And I was like, there's football games on. Why can't we watch that? (laughs) And so it was an argument at that point. And (laughs) because my argument is football only lasts a certain amount of time. And this show is always available to watch. And so it's an issue with us to this day. So it's been a week of this. And she's still continuing to watch the show. And we're trying to figure out how to work in that. And so, something as small as a TV show or football, for some of us it's big, but in the grand scheme of things is very small, and we argue about that, and it's hard for us as a couple to remember that spending time with each other is more important than what we're watching, and that's frustrating sometimes when we don't get our own way, because we have to relent of what we want release that's hard first of all and then you have to focus on the relationship that being married to my wife supersedes everything in this world but jesus and that's with my wife and there's i mean we can look at our other relationships that sometimes people in our church frustrate the crap out of us we don't know why people in our church do what they do sometimes. Because when you work with people, you can look and see all the negative shortcomings that they have. And we can say, I just wish this person did this. I just wish they showed up to church or I just wish they came to MC or I just wish they would pray with their coworker or I just wish they would have patience with another person. I mean, we can look at the long list of things that we see in other people but the funny thing with psychology is the psychology behind that says that what the deficiencies we notice in other people is actually the deficiencies we have in ourselves and so it's easy to point those things out in our friends and our marriages and our our co-working relationships but love focuses on the relationship That the circumstances around whatever is frustrating isn't important. But God's chosen people are. God's creation. They are important. And so John is reminding the church that there's going to be people that come in and they try to tell you that people aren't important. They're going to try to tell you that They're going to deceive you and tell you lies about the children of God. And they're going to tell you lies about what is true in this world. They're going to tell you lies because why? They don't love God. They love themselves. And quite frankly, that's what we do. Is we deceive ourselves because... We are so inwardly focused. I speak for myself on that. I know some of you are more generous than I am. But we've all fallen short, guys. And so John is reminding the church, don't let these people come in and and move you off of your goal. Don't let love be something about what you get from it. Don't let love be about what you receive because that's what people in the world are doing. But as a church, we get to love people for who God's created them to be. Why? Because Jesus first loved us. We didn't start this thing of love, Jesus did. That a God in heaven may manifest in our bodies. He became human and came to this world, humbled himself so he could come, walk in the ways that we walk, feel the things that we feel, understand why we look at the world the way we do. He came into a broken world so that he could walk alongside of us, that he could forgive us. So that he could show us how to live. And so he could love us. That's what our God's done. That he loves us so much that he became like us and walked alongside of us. And so we get to love people the way he loved us. and We need to love people the way that he loves them. And so John is reminding the church, don't let anything move you off that point. Because remember... There's refocus with Jesus. That As you pause for a second, maybe I have compassion for somebody because you see, if you pause for a second, you see that maybe their circumstances are pretty crappy. Pause for a second and say, maybe I should see him how Jesus them. Because then maybe for a second, that person can experience who God is. regardless of what TV show they watch. So John is inviting us today, again, to pause for a second and love because Jesus first loved us. And love because Jesus first loved you. And as the church, we get to represent that love in this world. That people get to know who God is by the way we love them. It doesn't matter how big or small your church is doesn't matter how big or small your faith is. The responsibility is the same, to represent me in this world. Because I've claimed you as my child. I've given you the opportunity to experience my grace, mercy, and peace. And people are going to try to deceive you. Don't let them. And don't let yourself deceive yourself by telling yourself lies. Because this is what Jesus says about about truth and lies. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And Jesus also said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me, because I am the truth. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the truth. I mean, there's so many lies in this world. I, uh, I Googled this morning because I was like, maybe I should see what do we do as a society that are, that are something that are false, that's something that we believe as a society, as a whole, that just simply isn't true. So how many of you guys have heard that Ben Franklin wanted the turkey to be the real uh, United States bird? Have, you, have y'all heard that? Did y'all teach that in school? So that's apparently completely false. It was Google, so maybe it's inaccurate. But that was apparently false. And we also believed, and this is a real thing too, in our, in our country, that people believed that because you had a different skin color, that you weren't a real person. I mean, come on. And there's things in our society that, believe, that we believe that if you have more money, that you must be successful. I mean, there's so many deceiving points that have been ingrained in us generation to generation. But Jesus says, I am the truth. Believe in me. And that will set you free. That there's no other way except through me. That any other belief is creating bondage in your life. Any other belief is not where God wants you to be. But believe in Jesus because he is the truth and the truth sets us free. And so sometimes with those restarts, it's some freedom. Restart to see the world differently. I restart to take a deep breath. And we start to see things how Jesus sees them. Because it is a lighter load. It is a freeing <laughs> thing that we carry when we are carrying Jesus with us. Because there's so many people out there trying to move you away from what Jesus wants for you. And trying to refocus you on things like how much money you make. Shopping for Christmas gifts. Forgetting that the season is really about Jesus. I know I'm starting a little early, but, but refocusing on things that are not of Him. How we look, our appearance, how educated we are, how not educated we are, drugs, alcohol, sex. There's so many distracting things in our lives. But as a small little church, John is reminding them as a family, that it starts and ends with Jesus. Starts and ends with Jesus. All right, we'll pick up at, um, at, in third John here, um, 11 through15. "Dear friends, don't let this bad example influence you. Follow only what is good, what is good. Jesus is good. Remember that those who do good prove that they are God's children, and those who do evil prove that they do not know God. Everyone speaks highly of Demetrius, as does the truth itself. We ourselves can say the same for him, and you know that we speak the truth. I have much more to say to you, but I don't want to write it with pen and ink. For I hope to see you soon, and then we will talk face to face. Peace be with you. Your friends are here sending their greetings. Please give my personal greetings to each of our friends there. Peace be with you because Jesus is here. Peace be with you because Jesus is here. He is here to rescue. He is here to restore. He is here to call you back to him. He is here to remind you that he loves you. He's here to encourage us. He's not distant and far, but He is here and close. He's rescuing and restoring you today, tomorrow, the next day. He's done it since before you were born. And He will continue into the future. So don't be discouraged today. Don't listen to the lies that people are saying, that you're saying to yourself. But remember that there's a restart with Jesus. And he's inviting us to believe in that. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, um, we thank you for today. And we thank you that, uh, that we are here. And that with you there is a restart. That with you there is refreshing. And that with your son's death and resurrection, that we are restarted. And so remind us today that we don't have to listen to lies that we tell ourselves, lies that we hear from other people, mistruths in our world, but we can simply believe in your son because Jesus is the truth. And also we ask your name, Father. Amen.